Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to Rewatchability. This is the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up now, today, in the modern eye. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone. No funny, no funny nickname this time. I was going to pretend I was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe no, I am in a coma. This is all just your dream. Yeah, that's right. I'm coming into your mind to do the podcast. I see a light in the distance. <laughs> We are going to talk about Tarsem Singh's 2000 movie, The Cell, starring J-Lo. Yeah, starring J-Lo. Don't <laughs> bury the lead. Starring J-Lo. This is J-Lo's The Cell, <laughs> featuring Tarsem Singh, maybe. <laughs> but before we get into that, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are people that go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, yep. and they give us one, three, five dollars You can get the podcast early and ad-free, mm-hmm. so you don't have to you know, listen to people trying to sell you things. In glorious stereo. Exactly. And, <laughs> oh, it's also in stereo. It's in stereo. Which, which is great. Now we can, now you can create the 3D space that we inhabit Whoa. in your Whoa. head. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> there's the Doppler effect everywhere. But uh, you can go there and, and donate that. And you can also maybe uh, – there's some podcasts that we've recorded for – just for our Patreon. So you can go there and get those special podcasts mm-hmm. uh, there as well. So, Rob, The Cell. The Cell. I think you might have maybe a thing for J-Lo. I don't know. What? But when did you first see this this movie and did you see it for J-Lo? Blaine, I did not see The Cell. Oh, no. No, I missed this one. I passed it by. And I guess it was because at the time when it came out, I mean, you joke that I have a thing for J-Lo, but okay. I actually have a thing against J-Lo. Oh, no. I... I'm not a big J-Lo fan, and okay. I understand, like, recently she's had a bit of a renaissance. Yeah. A lot of people were hoping that she'd be Oscar-nominated for Hustlers. Yeah, she was great in Hustlers and great in her halftime show. That's right, yeah. She really touched down the football in the halftime show. 
And that's all great. All the best to J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. I know she's gone through some shit dating Ben Affleck. So <laughs> I want the best for her. But at the time when this movie came out, she was sort of ubiquitous. And mm. she not everything she did was great, to be honest. It was not all halftime shows and hustlers. Right. There was a lot of songs which were mediocre. Yes. Jenny from the block. And kind of like seemed to have like an element of pathos to them, you know? <laughs> Like she's singing about how now she's rich, but she's still the same person. And right. she has Ben Affleck in the video, but she's still like, you know, from the block. That was all our long dark night there. I kind of wanted horrible. to see her fail. Oh, God. So <laughs> you, just because she kind of like, she was so everywhere. She was famous. You didn't yeah. like Ben Affleck probably at the same time. No. And uh, you saw Gigli. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. but I mean, that was the type of stuff that she was putting out: Gili and and Jersey Girl right. and stuff like that. Where it's just like, you know what? I you know I didn't see what was so great about Jennifer Lopez. Okay. However, when you suggested talking about this movie, mm-hmm. and in fact, I had been thinking about this film once the J Lo Renaissance had begun in earnest. So okay. I was like, yes, maybe this is the time to go back. Look at this movie and see if we can see the great performance that uh, J-Lo <laughs> would uh, produce in Hustlers, whether we could see the seed of that in The Cell. Oh, man. The cell of that. <laughs> and through mitosis, it must have grew. replicated and yeah. grown into an actual actor yeah. at some point. I mean, this isn't the movie to do that. This is not the movie that we will see that in, I don't think. I've since found that out, perhaps. <laughs> what about you, Blaine? Because you... I think suggested this. And you said that maybe not this film, but Tarsum Singh's other films, The Fall, is one of your favorite movies. I love The Fall. It is an absolute visual masterpiece. It is uh, some good acting in there. Okay. Which, you know, there's some good acting in in The Cell, but there's a lot of great acting in, in The Fall. And it's another the with four letters, two of them being L's. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I thought style. it was the start of a trilogy, uh, <laughs> but it was not. And it's just a beautiful movie about a young girl being told a story that means a lot to both people. Okay. And so it, it is. It is small in its story and so grandiose in its scope, and it really flew under the wire. And when I first saw it, no one was talking about it, and no one had talked about it, and so it felt like. I discovered it, right. and so I owned a piece of it. I love that. I love I that, love that too. feeling. Yeah, and then hipsters have taken it and run with it. Yeah, now there's like the fall T-shirts. Everybody's wearing them <laughs> sure. from Urban yeah. Outfitters or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this movie was Tarsum Singh's first movie, right. and I did not know when I saw the fall who Tarsum Singh was. I didn't know that he was connected to the cell. Okay. I didn't know that he was the director that did both or who he would go on to be. Mm. Because I don't have a time machine. But I did love that movie. And so when I had seen The Fall when it first came out around that time, I didn't like it. I hated the movie. Wait, you hated The Fall? I hated The Cell. Oh, you hated The Cell. Yeah. Okay. And so when I saw The Fall and I realized it was the same director, I was like, oh, I should go back and rewatch The Cell at some point. Maybe there's the the seed, The Cell, of Tarzan Singh's Uh The Fall in this movie, right? And so... I'm so glad we did this movie so that I could go back and do that. So you haven't seen it since you've seen The Fall? I have not seen it since I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I was surprised by a few things in this. 
I'm a Vincent D'Onofrio fan. I like what? Okay, wait. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Wait. <laughs> oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Sorry, I thought you. I, I I was thinking Vince Vaughn, who's the other Vince in this movie. Vince Vincent D'Onofrio is good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was having Vince blindness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's Vince Abel. Vince Vaughn is not. So when I saw Vince D'Onofrio, I was like, I got really excited for this movie. Yes. And J-Lo has since become a bigger deal and more of a serious actor. Mm-hmm. And I loved her in Out of Sight so much. So I think I was really – I went in with high expectations because I was like, I love the director. I love the actors. And this is kind of the plot of Inception, so I should just like this movie. I can't wait to see it and see if it was kind of unfairly snubbed by everyone else. And we'll get into that. Damn right we will. So, Rob. J-Lo should have won the Oscar. For the cell. No one said ever. Uh, Rob, do you want to run down the plot to this movie for Ooh. people who have not seen it before? Okay. Okay, I will. It's, it's a challenge. <laughs> Well, I should say that it starts in a desert, a vast, sandy, dune-filled desert, mm. and there is a rider on a horse, and Middle Eastern sounds yeah. all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to go for atmosphere here. <laughs> and of course, the rider is J-Lo. Yeah. Because, of course. <laughs> and the horse Vincent D'Onofrio. He's that good. <laughs> he is that good. Yeah. He he played all of the animals and inanimate objects in this film. So good. Yeah. Such a good actor. <laughs> but a little bit egotistical. Yeah. And he behaved like a real horse on the set. That's the problem with those method actors. Or one end of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> but she gets off the horse. She walks along the dunes and she eventually meets up with this little boy, as you do. <laughs> in the middle of a desert. And he's flashing her. At this point, right? With this uh, pocket watch. Oh, yes. Okay. That's what you're saying. (laughs) How dare you insinuate. (laughs) But this is her kind of method of meeting people in this dreamscape is that she gets them to, like, put a mirror up to the sun. Right. Which, I don't know. Can't they have, like, a bell or something? That boy is just the right age to not, you know, be disgusting with Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) (laughs) What do you... What, like him fawning over her or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, he's like flashing her and uh, you, okay. you, you brought it up. <laughs> uh, you, it was your mind, my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. You've got to go in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go in there. But she is trying to convince this boy to go sailing. She says that he's promised to take her sailing and yeah. uh, she, he shows her the boat. Mm-hmm. But it's a shipwreck in the middle yeah. of the desert. And I, then uh, and then he shows her another boat, and it's like a toy boat. And I thought she was going to be like, fuck you, shit. just give us a boat. But she was like, this is perfect, which I don't know. She's so nice in this movie. I think that's the one thing I like about J-Lo in this movie. She's very warm and like – She's – yeah, she's what people – like the image people have of Mother Teresa. Yeah. You know? She's always smiling. She's very inviting. There's not like kind of a – an evil bone in her body, or even like an acerbic cutting bone in her body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this kid turns into a monster, like all kids do. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to go back to where she came from, which is reality. See, this is all a dreamscape. It's a coma dream. She is 
inside this boy's mind, mm-hmm. we find out she wakes up and she's in some sort of weird virtual reality device. Yeah, where they put her muscles on the outside of her body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's this weird suit that looks like all the muscles on her body are on the It's so weird. It's it's pretty it's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. It's very body works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also weird because instead of like a big thing of goggles, they just put a sheet over her face, like a handkerchief. <laughs> Yeah, and the sheet has like these kind of Middle Eastern carpet patterns in them. She looks into and then goes into the dream. They're also both suspended from the air. Yeah. Why do you have to be suspended to go? I don't know. Well, she says later that the feeling of weightlessness makes them feel relaxed. Okay. The people who have the particular syndrome that this boy has, which is called, we find out later, uh, um, I think it's like Whedon's. Imperative or something. Yeah, Joss Whedon's imperative. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this That's is part right. of the Whedon verse. <laughs> yeah. It's the imperative where you take a strong woman and then you objectify her. <laughs> <laughs> Whedon's infraction. Oh, uh, there what it's we called. go. Okay. Close though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we find out that she is like a social worker mm-hmm. and she essentially, her job is to sort of go into this boy's brain. He's in a coma and try to draw him out. And his parents are all funding all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge medical breakthrough. Yeah. And she's the only one that can do it because she's the only one who cares enough. When I saw this, I finally understood my mom's job. No. As a social worker, I knew what she did now day to day. <laughs> She's like going into kids' minds? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much what... respect to your mom. There's some fucked up shit in there. <laughs> That's what social workers do. Yeah. Yeah, but she was chosen as part of this experimental program, right? Because she was the only person that didn't just observe the kids. She wanted to talk to them and interact with them. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Yep. We've waited uh, 18 months for signs of progress. There has been progress. There's no proof, Catherine. With all due respect, Mr. Baines, I'm not the one who designed the procedure. I mean, I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. I was chosen to do a job. They picked me. But if you think there's someone better, or someone who's more devoted to your son, then... No one's doubting your ability, Catherine. What is it, then? Meanwhile, there's a bunch of other shit going on in the world. Some fucked up shit. There is a serial killer, the aforementioned Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. and he's got this thing where he likes to kidnap women and then put them in some sort of semi-saw situation yeah. where they are trapped in a tank and then he slowly drowns them. Yeah. Only Houdini could escape that and they're in there drowning. And then he dumps their body. He makes them into dolls and then dumps their body in, like, shallow creeks. Yeah, it's pretty 90s typical serial killer bullshit. Yeah, it's like Kiss the Girls or Collect the Girls, whatever that one was called. <laughs> where they got Kiss the Girls. <laughs> yeah. Just... Get those girls. How about Leave the Girls Alone? Collect them all. <laughs> I mean, this movie definitely suffers from the dead woman syndrome where, you know, in order to have the plot going, we need a not nameless but characterless Ooh. dead woman wrapped up in a shower curtain. Yeah, and if she can be sexy or nude at any point when she's dead, why, even Why better. not be nude at all points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at all points. And then be talking about, like, horrible things that happen to them in their lives. It's just, like, the worst kind of... 
greedy, slimy male thing yeah. in this movie. I, I, mean, I hated it. Yeah, I I found like the male gaze in particular at those moments like pretty uh, off putting. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Here's a sexy dead woman. That's and, hot. And then as they're dying, make her say "daddy, daddy" over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like it, there was it was cringy. It was hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also has this thing: the imperative, the, the fracture. <laughs> The, the imperative. <laughs> and he likes to suspend himself over the girls yeah. and and climax. That's what he it's when he does his thing. Which so is which is great. It's pretty it's pretty gross. It's pretty out there. Yeah. And he's not a good guy. But luckily they're on to him. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn <laughs> and some other people, including the guy who played Nash Bridges' dad, Nash Bridges, they're on the case. Oh, God. <laughs> and they managed to, like, track him down doing all, like, the detective shoe leather stuff. Except just as they're about to arrest him, he's taking a nice bath mm-hmm. and he starts to have one of his episodes and he's out of pills. Yeah. So when they find him, he's unconscious on the floor. Yeah, the police raid his house and he's just there with the rings in his back. Mm-hmm. And there is another person who has been kidnapped. And so they figure that this other person is in the same situation as all of his other victims. So they have a limited amount of time to figure out where she is before she ends up drowning. Yeah, that's because he's not only set up cameras to videotape the death, he's also put the pump on a timer so that it pumps in water every 15 minutes just to scare the person, and then after 48 hours, it, it, I'm laughing because it's the most contrived plot device ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you look at, like, Silence of the Lambs, you see that the, he has the woman in the, in the well, and he's going to do something with her, he's preparing to do something with her, and there's a time, a clock, ticking clock on that. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, needle. Uh, it just, it, it doesn't, it seems so ham-handed. Yeah. He's not even going to be there. He's no. not even going to be watching. He sort of comes back later. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it it makes me feel like they were like, oh, we need to rescue this girl and she can't just be trapped. There needs to be something else. And instead of her getting into her own trouble, they have this thing on a timer. Yeah, it's like a quicksand thing. Exactly. But this movie rips off a few beats from Silence of the Lambs. Many. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, including that uh, – both killers have a white dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both obsessed with, like, skin. That's another one. Yeah. yeah he's putting hooks in himself. Mm-hmm. But so Vince Vaughn and his pals, they decide that they need to use Jennifer Lopez's technology in order to go inside this guy's brain and find out where this woman is. Mm-hmm. So – I mean, it seems like a bit of a tall order, but they've talked to the board, and one of the doctors is willing to go through with it, but they just have to sort of convince J-Lo, because she's the one who would actually have to go in there. And the way they convince her, this this uh, brilliant picture there, is, is just to show a video of a woman drowning. Yeah, it's horrifying. I mean, I would see that and be like, yes, this other woman is going to drown that way, and she needs help, but I would also see that and be like, that guy is fucked up. No way am I going in his brain. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Well, I mean, really? J-Lo's reaction, I find even more flabbergasting because she's yes. like, I feel for the girl. I do. Like, she can't go to her favorite concert because she I has know. to work. 
J-Lo, come on! I thought the same thing. She's not like, no, this is, this is like, first of all, probably illegal. There's no laws around this. Second of all, I could die. Third of all, it's, it, we sh- just shouldn't do it. Instead, she's like, I feel for her. I really do. Like, <laughs> what? Can I ask you something? Please. If he wasn't like this, if he was conscious, do you think that he would tell you where she is? There's always a chance of a confession, yeah. And there's things that he's done that show a need for disclosure. He hasn't had a sympathetic ear. He wants someone to listen, to uh, try and understand him. Look, I feel for this girl, I do. But Stargirl may no longer know the truth. For severe schizophrenics, there's no discerning between fantasy and reality. Come on, have some heart. Yeah. It makes me think that... Like, even her as an actor at that point would be like, do I say this line? This doesn't feel like the character. I don't know. Because the character is, like, a very empathic person. Well, she's supposed to be very caring, at least to children. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about... But not to drowning women. (laughs) I guess not. You know what we did talk about, too, just as a aside, is that the first kid was in a coma because he was clubbed. Wait, what? Wasn't he clubbed? Like, there was seal clubbing going on? On this island, and then he was on the same beach as the seals were getting clubbed, and he was cl- – that's what, the, like, the newspaper was. What? It, what? Yeah. No, it was so weird. No, no. Wait. Am I in the coma? <laughs> no, wait. Was, was there something else? Did I read into it wrong? I just – that sounds insane. It is insane. <laughs> Apparently, he was, like, sailing, and they stopped on this beach, and then there's there's this, like – She's looking at newspaper articles of the kid being, like, found on this beach and then other newspaper articles being, like, illegal clubbing on Seal Beach. Like, I just, it was just all so weird. And that's why he has the seal paws at that one point. The kid in the dream. You broke me. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, this movie is so weird. No, I'm done. <laughs> that's it, man. I'm out. <laughs> wake me I'm up. I'm pressing the chip. <laughs> she, we should also say that she does have a chip that she can wake herself up with if she massages the part between her index and thumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, that little webbing there. It's a very erotic place. <laughs> Stop touching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she decides to go in. And, yeah, this is a fucked up dreamscape. Even more fucked up than the kid with the seal paws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she goes in there and... At first, she sees a boy. Mm-hmm. So this is the killer as, as a, child. a child or yeah. his like child self or his innocence or something like that. And mm-hmm. she tries to bond with him over this horse. <laughs> we know she likes horses. <laughs> Who doesn't like horses? <laughs> she's a horse girl. Yeah. <laughs> but just as she's you know starting to get through to him, he has to save her from this like thing coming down and slicing the horse into bits, into sausage bits. <laughs> it does create a lot of horse steaks. It's more – It's again, more body works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the machine at Ikea that they use for their meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's lots of fucked up things that happen. Oh, yeah. And, and she, she eventually – like I think she gets – she goes and she sees – these manifestations of all of the killer's victims. Yeah. And then she gets sort of knocked out by this muscle woman. 
Yes, the woman who is big in every way. She <laughs> dominates. <laughs> she like throws JLo into a wall and knocks her out. But yeah, it's it's weird and she looks like a kind of wrestling action figure. Yeah. This woman. And I guess we're supposed to be like playing pop psychologist with all of these images and we're dolls. trying to put together you know, what has happened to the Vincent D'Onofrio character that has made him so fucked up? Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We see that a scene later <laughs> when Vincent D'Onofrio as a kid is being abused by his dad for playing with dolls. Yeah, that's and right. So now Vincent D'Onofrio has grown up and he wants to play with real life dolls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Easy. Psychology done. <laughs> <laughs> but she gets brought to the sort of adult manifestation of him mm-hmm. and she like freaks out and presses the thing and, and leaves she describes him as like a king of his realm and he has like all of these uh this like cape slash uh curtain i think this is a beautiful scene like visually oh yeah because he's in this throne and there's these drapes around the entire room yeah and he starts walking and the drapes sort of like come out and they flutter behind him yeah. like these like glorious archangel wings yeah and you realize they're attached to his back and he comes down the the steps it's 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 beautiful but then you're like He's got to put those back up every time, right? <laughs> it's like you go to the bathroom and then you got to put the curtains back. And yeah, and that's and like, you have to rethread it, and, and that's the really hard. Pain in the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she thinks maybe like it's too much for her, mm. and also like Vince Vaughn. Meanwhile, he's been waiting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And they eventually have a little bit of a bonding moment. Yeah. He kind of tells her why he's an FBI agent now because mm-hmm. he couldn't save someone in the past. Who yeah. knew? He used to be a <laughs> DA uh, district attorney. And then he tells this like traumatizing story about you know yeah. how there was a bit of tainted evidence. And so a killer got free and killed again. Yeah. Which is such like a you know, Reagan jack-off Republican fantasy, right? Totally. <laughs> She's like, these killers, they keep getting off because of evidence. <laughs> yeah. And he also drinks and doesn't have a, uh, an apartment. So he's just like every FBI. Like, this is what every FBI agent is in every film. Mm-hmm. But they are sort of like setting up a little bit of an argument. It almost seems like. Like, J-Lo has a lot of empathy even for this guy at least for his younger self or for the innocent whatever inside him. Yeah, the child, yeah. Whereas Vince Vaughn, he believes that, like, no matter what has happened to somebody as a kid, that they shouldn't turn out to be a person like that. Like, that shouldn't make somebody Like, your past shouldn't impact your future when he's drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's really hypocritical. Yeah. Uh, and we don't – do we get a story from J-Lo there either? Like we don't really mm, – no. we just get some backstory on him and uh, then she goes under again. Yeah. Well, we don't get a lot of backstory on J-Lo's character at all and we only see her home life in this one scene which basically exists only so we get a good shot of her ass. <laughs> God. Yeah, I know. She's in. She's in her pajamas. She's going to sleep. And then, you know, we can show that. That's like the whole pitch for the scene. Yeah. There's no reason for it. 
Because it isn't. We don't learn anything about her. She watches TV, so I guess maybe we're learning what she likes on TV. There's no reason for it. There is one point where she sort of has a dream about being in the boy's coma. So it yes. shows that her like mental state, which you know the fluidity of it, can cause bad things to happen. Like if she thinks she's in the dream, mm-hmm. then yeah. Which, ne- which, yeah, I guess if she thinks she's in the dream, but like the dream never impacts her real life anyway. But it is, I mean, we have to talk about it because it's just like 100% like male gazy. Like it is like Jennifer Lopez's ass is revealed to us. Like it is an object of wonder. Yes. And the, I mean, the male characters are flawed, but she still falls for the, it's just, everything is very much a male fantasy and in this perfect. movie. And she's perfect. She's so comforting and nurturing, like a mother figure. Oh my God, We're really yeah. starting to get into this Tarsum Singh's psychology. <laughs> yeah, or the writer who has since disowned this film. Oh, really? Yeah, it was their first film. Okay, all uh, right. We'll get into that after That's break. very interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. But she does go back into the thing and when she's there she talks to the guy Vincent D'Onofrio yeah Vincent D'Onofrio and he tells her all about like the trauma and all of that stuff that's happened to him and we see more scenes of him having a blackout while he's being baptized and right. all yeah. of that stuff which is part of Whelan's curse or whatever it was mm-hmm. what you hear don't lie I came to help you. Lot. Bitch. More. You sound like your father. Was nothing. He is nothing. But then eventually he just turns on her and captures her. Mm -hmm. And so Vince Vaughn. I mean, this whole scene is done over a bathtub full of blood with a naked woman in it. Yeah. So the male, yes, just every scene is male gazy. Yeah. Grotesquely. Yeah. And so, yeah, Vince Vaughn says, well, I need to go help her. I need to go into this machine that she's been prepping for for whatever length of time. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, it didn't help her, so it's not going to help me. Put me in, coach. And he goes – he gets dressed up in that muscle suit and goes in as well to chase her down. Yeah. And he eventually sort of saves her but By, not before getting his like intestines sort of like pulled out slowly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, By Vincent Nofrio who's like this cackling – Who else would do it, Blaine? Mad king. This really crazy cool character that I liked Vincent Nofrio playing in this movie where he's like clapping and really excited to do all these evil things. He is really good. It's like terrifying. There's one moment where he's lunging after his younger self and he sort of like picks him up yeah. by the arm and he just looks so mad and yeah. it's, it's crazy. He is a great actor. Yeah. And there's J-Lo is kind of under his spell mm-hmm. and Vincent Nofrio has to tell something to J-Lo about her past that she knows she's in a dream. Yeah. Only Vincent D'Onofrio could know this, which would be great if she had told Vincent D'Onofrio in the scene where they're telling each other personal things. Wait, do you mean Vince Vaughn? Sorry, Vince Vaughn, yeah. <laughs> you have Vince blindness no! too! I thought I was invincible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in Vince Vaughn. His coma dream. <laughs> oh, God. We're all in Vince Vaughn's mind right now, This Blaine. is Vince Vaughn's world, man. <laughs> you can see that by all the roles he's getting. <laughs> 
Uh, so they share this this personal moment, but we only hear about him. Where then the next scene, he has to tell her something about herself that that would have been good to know as character development. The previous scene, yeah. I just don't understand. Uh, it's just bad schlocky writing that I'm sure the original screenwriter didn't do, mm-hmm. but uh, was done. And yeah. so he tells her, you know, I I I know that like your brother was uh, killed in an accident, killed in an and accident. he was in a coma before he died. Exactly. Yeah. And now Very she on works point. with boys in comas. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she got over that fear. <laughs> yeah. And. Vince Vaughn yeah. sees a symbol that he recognizes from the killer's apartment. So now he knows how to find the girl. So it didn't even take the killer telling him. And so he uh, goes off to do that. Well, and it's crazy because the those symbols were on the machine that the criminal used to suspend himself. Yeah. Right? So it's like – It's like a trademark or something. Well, wouldn't you use like the most <laughs> – specific thing in the house to try to track down like this person wouldn't you do that anyways police officer he's not very good no he's not a great <laughs> he's like maybe we can go inside their brains first <laughs> <laughs> i'm drunk <laughs> yeah. yeah so he goes off to do that and to save the girl and meanwhile j-lo she decides to bring carl vincent d'onofrio's character into her mind yeah which is which is kind of fun because there was a thing before where she was wanting to do that with the kid mm-hmm. that got clubbed on the seal beach and uh, she couldn't. She wasn't allowed to. So now she's like, I'll show them the kind of power that I have in my own mind. Yeah, that's right. And again, it's like a really beautiful scene. She's like mm-hmm. uh, uh, some sort of like, yeah, I'm like a Mother Teresa or a saint. She's yeah, definitely a saint. And she Virgin with a bow and arrow. <laughs> well, <laughs> and she uh, she bows and arrows that guy right into the floor. Yeah, and then she kills him. Well, he tells her a story about how once he found a bird and his leg was broken, so he drowned it as like an act of mercy because he knew that the dad would like kill it in a violent way. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So she sort of does the same thing to him mm-hmm. and kills him and lets him be at peace or yeah, whatever. Yeah, which is kind of a callback to his first seizure or whatever, being in the water and mm-hmm. being baptized. Yeah. So he's like, baptized anew, but without this creature in him that made him do all these violent acts. Yeah, and the the drowning him is juxtaposed exactly with the girl drowning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just barely being rescued by Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who tells her to get back from the glass and then proceeds to point the gun at her and shoot through the glass at her. Yeah. Just the worst cop. <laughs> yeah, and he's hitting like he's hitting the metal of the thing and bullets are bouncing around. Just put the gun up to the glass. Anyway, there's all these things in this movie that don't make any sense because they wanted to look cool. I'm not going to pretend guns work. <laughs> but he does save her and uh, cradles her in his arms. Yeah. Because... She's a victim, and he is there. He's the he's the he's dude. He's the hero. He's the man. And then they kiss. Yeah, I'm probably. sure. Probably, I'm sure that's what the producers wanted to. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the end of it. But for a coda, where J Lo has taken this other kid that was clubbed on Seal Beach into her own mind and given him like a good ending as right. well. Yeah, and, and let him go, and she takes the dog. Because we needed to know what happened to that dog. Got to know what happens to the dog. Yeah. See, the thing is, Blaine, is dogs are innocent even right. when they belong to serial killers. A lot of dogs don't know that their owners are serial killers. <laughs> yeah. So. That's fair. You know. Yeah. Leave them I, alone. I see that. <laughs> it's uh, like a rescue, you know. 
You can you can adopt a serial killer's dog. They need homes. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what? That's kind of a plot to an old other movie. That'd be a great <laughs> like is this dog a fucking serial killer? Yeah. Like, uh, well, anyway. Well, I mean like there's those racist dogs, right? Oh yeah. Oh man, that's so horrible. You don't think being a serial killer's dog is going to fuck you up? Yeah, as a Watch dog. Watch out, JLo. <laughs> Nat's the cell. And that's the cell. We're going to be right back after these messages with some behind the scenes with some trivia I have for you, Rob. So uh, so sit tight. Don't drift off into a terrifying dream world of your own creation. Is this even real? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're doing The Cell with J-Lo, Vincent D'Onofrio, Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. so many Vinces, mm-hmm. and uh, this director, Tarsim Singh. So, Rob... I have some questions for you, man. I have some questions as well. <laughs> Just about this movie mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> well, feel free to ask them at any point. Okay. Question number one. There are many artists, visual artists, whose work was uh, inspiration for this film. There's Odd Nerdum, whose uh, work Dawn features four ladies kind of mouth agape staring up into the sky in the desert. Okay. I remember that scene. Yeah, this is the scene in this. Um, they only had three ladies, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, it's a budget. Yeah. And then there's was the brothers Quay, who were influential stop motion animators. So you can kind of see that in like the doll esque scenes. Okay. And then Damien Hurst, who's uh, the physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone living, features a dissected tiger shark suspended in glass. Oh. So it's kind of like the horse thing going on. I see. Uh, but there's one other artist whose art Tarsum said shaped this movie and their art shaped a whole nother film franchise do you know the artist bob ross (laughs) bob ross is it yes happy little trees oh they're so good no i'm gonna say fucking um guy who uh um, designed alien. Yeah, H.R. Geiger. Geiger. It's Geiger, Geiger all Geiger. over the place, man. Geiger. Anytime yeah. you see like black tubules that look like penises, that's Geiger. Yeah, that's always Geiger, and they're not penises. No. Sometimes the tube is just a tube. Sometimes the tube is also a vagina. <laughs> God damn With it. Geiger. <laughs> with Geiger. <laughs> it's like a, a, an assistance app on your phone <laughs> with Geiger. Everything's a penis. Yeah, Geiger's uh, art's crazy. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. It yeah. influenced a lot of uh, that sci-fi stuff from the 80s. Yeah. Know, metal albums as mm-hmm. well. So. Yeah, and all these artists are so interesting. I like looked up a bit on Odd Nerdum, who I'd never heard of before. No, no, no. But he was uh, he went to prison for four years for tax evasion. Oh man, that's crazy! For like, I think it was like a, it was a couple million dollars that he had stowed away in a safety deposit box because as a kind of collateral on his paintings, on these paintings that he had done. So he was like, "That's not tax evasion. That's allowed to happen." Anyway, he was pardoned by a king. 
a little while later. Uh, but that was that happened last last little while. That sucks, man. So the taxes. <laughs> Odd Nerdum was my dad. Uh, so <laughs> it really sucked. So the two Vinces in this film, Vincent Nafrio and Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. they star as brothers in a film six years later. Oh man, really? Yeah. What uh, film is that? Vincent D'Onofrio and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I love Wedding Crashers. I love, <laughs> love how the trivia portion of this podcast really keeps the pace up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I give up. Uh, it is. Um, I know it. Don't even. Don't even think I don't. It's the breakup. The breakup. With Jennifer Aniston. Oh. I would not have known that in a million years. So. I think I've actually seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's another movie where Vincent Vaughn's in it and there's a naked woman for no reason. Yeah? Yeah. She, she like, gets all undressed and then, like, as they're breaking, I don't know, it's in the trailer. Okay. There's a, a claim circulating. Oh! Yeah, those claimers that J-Lo never wanted to be in another sci-fi or horror movie ever again because she didn't want to be typecast as a scream queen. Mm. But I can only find one other horror movie she did before this movie. Name that film. Uh, was she in Anaconda? She was in Anaconda. Yes! Boom! <laughs> It was like her and Ice Cube, right? Yeah. I think why so. haven't we done Anaconda? I know that was in my notes, being like, "Why haven't we done this movie?" Yeah, I, that it was a huge cultural hit. Ah, uh, it was something. It, like it, it was parodied in so many movies. That was like the golden age of ridiculous monster movies, where you oh, get like yeah. a good ensemble cast, throw them to some exotic location, and then watch them be eaten one by one by something big. Yeah, dinosaur. Yeah. Snake. Or whatever was in Congo. <laughs> yeah, they certainly weren't apes. They were like mutant. I don't know. Um, so, so there were a lot of changes to this movie, which is one of the reasons why the writer totally disowned it. Oh. There were many scenes cut. There was many others brought back on board, like many other writers brought on board. I, I think the the whole thing had... Like the screenwriter claims, like over a dozen like rewriters on it, mm-hmm. none none of which were really um, uh, given credit. He was only given credit, so he's like, ah, nah, it's not mine. I don't, I don't know, I don't hold this. I don't know this. I wrote a different cell, <laughs> cell with an S. And he wants he wants the original screenplay to be remade now. Well, of course he does. Yeah, because who wouldn't? That'd be a good payday. But why would they? Exactly. So there were there were many scenes cut. There was apparently more in the bathtub scene where they were talking. It was like three minutes longer or something like that. Yeah, I know. A lot of talking in that scene. I could have taken an actual bath during that scene. (laughs) You would have come out cleaner on the other end than watching that scene. And the infiltration like raid scene where they find the guy on the on the ground. There was a whole other part where someone found the guy on the ground to begin with and then they did the raid. Oh. So why would you do the raid after you found the guy? In the, it makes Maybe no sense. Maybe they thought he was like a victim. And yeah. Like, oh, where's the guy who's the killer? Oh, right. it's just this guy. This guy. <laughs> gonna be Turns easy. out he wasn't so scary after all. <laughs> okay, everybody, grab a ring. <laughs> just cart him out. Oh, my God, we forgot to talk about Jennifer Lopez ripping out his nipples. 
<laughs> he didn't need them. <laughs> he didn't need his nipples? No, man. Ah. Yeah, he is pierced in a lot of different ways in his dreams. And one of the piercings goes right through both his nipples. And when she says the line, like, you're in my world now, she rips the whole thing off his chest. And we see it all. We see the the skin stretch, like, way too much. (laughs) It looks like rubber. (laughs) It does look like uh, rubber. Oh, it's crazy, though. That's so gross. So uh, one of the scenes featuring... The suspension that was put back in to the Blu-ray release that made the Blu-ray release two minutes longer, so I don't even want to see the Blu-ray release at this point, is him suspended above the girl jerking off. Oh, uh, I saw that. So you saw the whole – because the scene – the the version that I saw was kind of just – you saw his face contorting like he was doing that. But you saw the whole thing where he was – I oh, saw oh, the whole thing. Oh, my God, Rob. Not the whole thing. But, yeah, it was uh, definitely – Obvious that's what he was doing. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, too. <laughs> Maybe I can go in there and, like, <laughs> combination this and Eternal Sunshine and wipe your memory Please of that do. one spot. I have some other places for you to do as well. <laughs> That'll cost you more. <laughs> so suspension is a real thing, Rob. I don't know if you knew this. No, I remember. From, like, the Jerry Springer heyday when they would have people – they would often refer to them as freaks. <laughs> and then they would uh, hang them from their piercings and Jerry would be like, oh, my God, isn't that freaky? <laughs> and then Steve Wilkos would cross his arms and nod. Yeah, and then, trying uh, to cover up his own, <laughs> his own piercings. piercings. Uh, yeah. So um, Is this where you reveal that you are a uh, suspender? I uh, – hey, big spender. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I've never – I don't have a piercing at all. But it just – I don't – the pain – The pain. It seems painful. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. Do you, do you have do you have piercing? Did you ever get like uh, – were you around in the 90s? You did like a nipple thing? Well, or? I wouldn't talk about uh, anything below my uh, clothes, but uh, no. <laughs> below, no. Below your clothes. No. I, <laughs> my precious body. <laughs> <laughs> it's a temple. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I soil it, then Jesus won't be able to play there. <laughs> so suspension started uh, – some people think it was like a kind of ancient religious thing. Right. But it, it, it wasn't. The, the Wikipedia research that I did, the armchair research I did, uh, went You're back as far as kind of the Mandan peoples okay. of the Missouri River. So they did a whole ceremony called the Okipa Ceremony where uh, – man, this is – it's. I'm going to describe this to you. Okay. So if you thought high school was hard, this is, <laughs> this is how they became men. So young men did not eat, drink, or sleep for four days. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Then they had to smile – while wooden hooks were inserted into their chest and shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then they would be hung while they smiled until they passed out. And then if they didn't pass out, the, the stones were put on them until the, the weight was too much for them and they passed out. So just pass out early. Yeah. Uh, is what I would say. <laughs> so, no reason to stay in the game. Then when they wake up, <laughs> it, doesn't, oh. it doesn't stop, man. When they wake up, they would have to make a sacrifice and uh, they would put uh, their pinky on a stone. No! And uh, their left pinky would be chopped off by no. a hatchet. Then, once that's cauterized, 
they would uh, attach buffalo skulls to the to the hooks okay. on their skin, and then they would do what was called uh, uh, well, one source called it a death race, but I don't think that's probably what they called it. But uh, they they ran around until the uh, buffalo skulls dug into the ground too much and pulled the the hooks out of them, and then they'd be free from the ceremony. And if you did that, you got the respect of of all uh, the tribe. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Rob. For Rob. If you did that twice, then you were famous forever. So one of their one of their chiefs, uh, Matata Pei, uh, did it twice and became chief of the, of the tribe. Man, is it yeah. even worth it? <laughs> Man, power, know. but at what cost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great uh, power comes great pain. Oh, so much man. pain. Yeah, I can't. I can't deal with that, man. Yeah, I cut my finger, and you know, I was like, it just ended. I know, I know. I would pass out from the looking at the blood yeah. of just a cut finger. So that, I mean, I think he should get, you know, badass for life award or something because uh, that's insane that he did that twice. So Tarsim Singh, yes, didn't do it. He didn't go. He didn't do that. Uh, he didn't do that ceremony. What? I know. No. But he went through his own kind of trials and tri- tribulations. He grew up in India. He okay. saw a book in a stall that said film colleges of, of the U.S. And he was like, you can go to school for this thing called film? Like, oh, my God. I thought you had to go to school for something that your dad wanted you to do that you hated. <laughs> uh, so he lied to his parents and said, I'm going to Harvard for law. And went to film school instead in Tricky. the States. And when he told them that, his his father said, you no longer exist. Oh. And then hung up the phone. So that's, that kind of sucks. Damn. And Darson went on to become like a huge commercial director. Yeah. And he did a lot of music videos as well. Yeah. And then this was his, his kind of first film. Do you it, know some of his music videos? I I don't. Okay, I I'm not a- one big one, one famous one, which I think is referenced in this movie is losing my religion. Oh, yeah, REM. Green Day. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Green Day. <laughs> yeah, but this movie you can definitely tell that it has a commercial music video oh, director sort of yeah. sense of style. Totally. I mean, that opening scene in the desert, you just like pan in on the hot tub with people drinking beers. Like, it feels like this wide, expansive thing that's meant to like sell you on an idea or yeah. a, or an experience that you're yeah. supposed to have with this one product. But nothing means anything. <laughs> I mean, the thing with this movie is that nothing means anything, and everything has too simple a meaning as well. Right. Like. Everything is, is just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's easy to connect. <laughs> and then when you do connect it, people tell you how to connect it. You're like, I already got it. Yeah. So don't worry. I didn't have to think when Iota in this movie. And that's kind of the downfall of this movie is that you don't have to think. There's no real joy in what's happening. Yeah. There's no real awe. There's beautiful scenes and beautiful set decoration and uh, and ideas behind it. But I didn't feel – like when you see the fall, you get this feeling of awe, this feeling of like inspiration hitting an artist and things coalescing into a story that had to form out of these images and ideas that he had, much like a bad Transformers movie right. written in the in the writer's strike. But it works so well because it's like the story told and you and you 
care about the characters so much telling mm. it. Whereas this, Jayla didn't really have a character. No. And Vince Vaughn had a character that was drawn with a wide, wide brush. Yeah, it's just a cliche. It's just a drunk cop. Yes. And he didn't play it with any understanding. Mm-hmm. And J-Lo, I, f- I felt like she was, I don't know, doing something at least with it. Like I believed her as as a social yeah. worker. I didn't believe Vince Vaughn as an FBI agent. No. I was like, oh, this is a guy that thinks he's acting right now. Sorry. Sorry, Vince. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he – I'm sure he's done – you know, he was in Dread Across Concrete. He was all right in that. OK. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like he's gotten better but this was not his best outing. Yeah. And maybe that was to do with the material or the director. Him, well, there's – yeah, there's so little stuff for the characters. There's nowhere for them to develop. Like there's no – like with Silence of the Lambs, we get a bunch of stuff about Jodie Foster's backstory. Story yeah. that makes us like you know at least wonder about her or care about her. The whole title is her backstory. Like it, it makes sense. Yes, and and this movie, and that and, and Sounds of the Lambs had this feeling of: Do you really want to go into this dark world? Can you handle it? Like, yeah. is there something to be found there for you and to to help people at the same time? Whereas this, she never she, has the sense that she can't. She's just full of like serenity and grace, and yeah, you know, and she's afraid at times, but kinda. Kinda, yeah. She kind of just starts collecting boys at the end of the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. She just keeps on inviting these com- comatose young men into her into her mind. And Don't like, do it, ladies. You can live. Trouble. <laughs> you can live here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's they ain't never gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's like, get a job, grow up. They're like, nope, we live here now. <laughs> just play an Xbox. <laughs> So I felt like this movie, the producers were really maybe pushing it in a Silence of the Lambs way or the director was. And it just seemed like let's do these horrifying images for horrifying image's sake. Yeah. Let's – even like the the murderer that Vince Vaughn – like he got off because of what Vince Vaughn did. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that he did afterwards to go to jail – was horrific, and Vince Vaughn describes it in such like detail, yeah, uh, like cutting someone in half, you know, and uh, all that stuff. And so it's very much like a Saw movie, like those movies that just revel in the worst, in yeah, the grossest, Extremities. yeah, and trying to trying to really like that's where the story is, but there's no story there, no, and and that's what this movie sorely lacked. It was like very confused, although pretty, you know, yeah. 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 Well, what, how did you feel about the movie? I, I mean, that's exactly how I felt. I didn't enjoy watching it. I thought there was, yeah, lots of really striking images, but they looked like images from music videos, mm-hmm. and they didn't have anything to do with, like, what was happening. Or, yeah, they did in, like, the most glaringly obvious way. And it re- reminded me a lot of, like, David Lynch things, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, he's also done the dead woman wrapped in a shower curtain well, that's thing. exactly why Tarsim Singh did it because Lynch is one of his faves. Well, there you go. Yeah, but so. And I guess like the thing that Twin Peaks does is it sort of struggles with that throughout its whole – throughout the whole series. Like yeah. it really becomes about that murder and the fact that it was even I think used in the, in the show. It almost becomes like a meta comment on it. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it's just – yeah, it's, it just has no like use for – 
these for the women who are victims. It's used for J-Lo is just as a very nurturing mother type figure with a great ass. And I mean, the movie says she has a great ass. I mean, she has a great ass. She insured her ass for a million dollars. She has a great ass. If you can insure it, you don't have to. It's not a. It's an objective fact. <laughs> like uh, the deadly weapons that are Chuck Norris's. Own. Yeah, but it's like it's like it's a movie for. It feels like a movie that like a sixteen-year-old boy would find deep, and then an eighteen-year-old boy would be like, "This is stupid." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's full of just pop psychology that doesn't make any sense, and is even that I don't like the things they use in this movie aren't really real, right? Like the Joss Whedon. No. Thing. Yeah, that's just one of those made up diagnoses. And and it, the serial killer is just doing these like, you know, extreme serial killer things. Yeah, and it feels made up to connect disparate parts of the movie. Like it's like, oh, well, if they feel if if this activates when they're in water, then we can have that baptism scene that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And then we can suspend them because then they feel like they're floating. That's a stretch. OK, but like the water thing might connect it. And it feels like that is happening a lot where they're doing kind of story yoga, being like, how yeah. far can I stretch this without it breaking yeah. to connect things that seven different writers have written mm-hmm. that don't quite make sense. Yeah. And the other thing I have a sort of problem with is the way that they look at the the serial killer. I I mean, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with the whole, like, there's, like, an innocent little boy running around inside of him and, you know, that boy needs to be protected and, you know, like, they don't really explore the Vince Vaughn premise that whether or not, you know, people are all good or whether people, traumas create people who lash out and do terrible things or whether that is, you know, whether that makes them terrible people who are irredeemable or whether there's, like, a nice or whether there's something good inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really – it doesn't make a convincing argument that there is no. an innocent part of this person that needs saving. Well, it's a it's a hopeful end and it's like let's look at the good side of human nature that there is like no one's born bad, which I truly believe. But he's so a like, serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to your point, they don't make – they don't have that as like the ideological talk throughout this movie and it should be. It should be like Ellie Arroway, like, you know, mm-hmm. Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey in contact, like, you know, God or science. And that's the thing that drives the plot forward through the movie. This should – like that could – it could be that great argument of like is there inherent evil? Mm-hmm. But no. There, there but is, also – It doesn't do that. J-Lo doesn't allow justice because, you know, she – kills him in the dream and then he dies, you know, gives him mercy, mm-hmm. he should be brought out of his coma to, like, stand trial or whatever. They do say early on, like, no one gets out of this coma. They're going to be in the coma until they die type thing <sighs> early on, which is why, like, I think it's okay that the Then keep kid, him in the coma! <laughs> that the kid dies at the end because, like, she also goes in and, like, that kid dies. You know, that's the end of this hopeful movie. It's right. Like this little boy dying. And we never see the parents again. Also, there was never an ending with the kid. They had to go back and use part of the dream sequence that she had uh, in front of the TV to, like, end the right. end of the movie because everyone was like, what happened to that kid? And Tarsim Singh was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that kid that was, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie? Can we talk about him? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, – Yeah, what about you, Blaine? What did you think rewatching The Cell? 
Yeah, I thought that there were some great performances. Vincent D'Onofrio, I mean, he does some great character work For in sure. a lot of movies and a lot of like pop movies. Yeah. Like we talked about Men in Black. Oh, he's great in Men in Black. He's great in Men in Black. I, I was just rewatching Happy Accidents and I just fucking love that movie and love it. I think he does such a great job in the things he's in most of the time. And this is no exception. Mm-hmm. I think he has some uphill battle here and there, and so does J-Lo. I think he might succeed where J-Lo fails in certain instances, but who really fails is is the Vaughn of it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that's not – It's it, yeah, it's just – it's kind of in his period where he's like, I want to do serious roles, like put me in the remake the of – Psycho? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone being like, don't do serious. Stop it. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's the you acting is really rocky. And then, yeah, like I said, visuals, great. And I think The Fall, if you want to watch a movie that uh, if you like the visuals of The Cell and never want to rewatch this movie, which we don't blame you, go see The Fall because mm-hmm. that has the kind of visual aesthetic but without the nipple rings <laughs> so le- so many less nipple rings i think there actually might be one nipple ring in the, in the fall <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it damn it but it's uh it's a much better movie all around and made over the period of like 10 years so it's it's really interesting to see whereas this seems like so many people trying to make money at the same time yeah and trying to follow in the footsteps of some great movies that it wasn't but I'd also say there's a there's a, a clip on YouTube, a guy who's like, these are the 24 reasons why The Cell is just Inception. And there's <laughs> there's literally scene for scene things that happen in both movies. Oh, my God. That are really interesting. Do you think Christopher Nolan incepted The Cell? <laughs> I think The Cell incepted him to make Inception. What? Oh, my God. So, Rob, do you think this is rewatchable? No, sir. <laughs> I thought it was really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It is not great. I don't think it's rewatchable either. I think there are some things that are beautiful in it, but there's no story. It's yeah. Just watch, watch a music video. Watch Inception. <laughs> <laughs> or Silence of the Lamps, which is an amazing movie. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening this week on Rewatchability. We're going to be back next week to talk about another movie. And until then... You can go on all the social media. We have like the everything. Twitter. We just Facebook. The only thing we're not on is Tinder. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Date rewatchability. No. <laughs> yeah, swipe right, and uh, you can get some T-shirts at uh, T Public, and you can get all our back catalog episodes at rewatchability.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.